And welcome back to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with your hosts, Emily and Raquel. And sorry for the long break. Yeah, we kind of just took like the holidays and then some because I I went to Tokyo. Yeah, which sounded (laughs) like a blast. It was a blast and I was not going to work while there. So I just had a good, good time. Yeah, which is good. And I'm sure yeah. all our thousands of listeners have missed us, but now we're back. <laughs> I'm sure if you're listening to this many years in the future, you're just going to skip this part because it doesn't matter to you. Yep, it's very unimportant to what our show actually is, uh, which is about <laughs> Goblin this week. We're reviewing Goblin episodes 13 and 14. Back at it. And we're finally Team Goblin. Sorry it's taken this long. We finally made it to episode 13, where we are ready to be on the goblin side. And, yeah, join all of the listeners and viewers of this drama who have loved it for so long. And, yeah, we're finally there. We finally love it. <laughs> Mostly because we're just, like, selfish, and we wanted what we wanted, and they finally gave it to us, so... I mean... Yeah. And Tuck has finally become a real adult and Kim Shin has finally emotionally become an adult. Yep, in body and spirit everyone has reached everyone has matured. Everyone has matured a lot and we're there. Um so we start off episode 13 by um it ends with Grim Reaper Kind of realizing that he's Wang Yo, yeah. the king. He doesn't know definitively, but I mean, it's hard when you have that much evidence placed before you to be like, it, I can still not be though, right? Because, I mean, I get it. He didn't want to be the Brett King. Like It's kind of like when you take a quiz on BuzzFeed. And you get, like, the one <laughs> character you don't want to get, but, like, the evidence is there. You made your choices. You you took the quiz objectively, and now you're the Brat King. Yep. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. We all like you as the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Still my favorite character. And Kim Shin doesn't murder him there on the spot because he's just kind of... I don't know, sad for him that he doesn't remember anything. Yeah, he seems almost just, like, done with it a bit. Like, he, yeah. he can't keep caring about that, even though he obviously cares. He just unsubscribes to, <laughs> to everything and walks away from the situation. And he takes um, Untak and they move out. To I put different places. Untuk in my notes as E.T., <laughs> and it's really confusing now. I regret it a lot. I have continued, even after learning his name, uh, his multiple names. Everyone in this show has too many names. Um, 
Even after learning the Grim Reaper's names in a past life and the name he gave himself, I can't bring myself to refer to him in my notes as anything but GR, so. Yeah, it's just so much easier. Everyone's just their initials now. But E.T. is like a real name, so I'm just like, oh, call her E.T., like the little alien. But it's it's confusing. Like G.R. and K.S., I'm like, those are names. Those are or those are initials, but E.T. Yeah. is an actual name. It's like that thing where, like, if you had written K.C., it would be like, oh, shoot. Casey's an American oh. name, and people call people Casey all the time. And Yes! So if I call her E.T., I'm sorry. We can just, like, house rule it. Like, E.T., you know we mean Untak. You know we mean Untak, and we just are not that quick at remembering Korean names. So <laughs> it's E.T. sometimes. Um, so, Kim Shin moves in with the Kwa, and Untak moves in with Sunny? Yeah, she just decides that's who she's moving in with, which is nice, because Sunny doesn't seem to mind, but she's like, oh, she's gonna need me, so I'll make myself comfortable in her home. <laughs> but it's the start of a beautiful friendship, because you see even nine years later, they, she lives in the apartment right under Sunny. So she never really moves out, and I think that's kind of cute. Yeah, it is. It's sweet that, uh, I mean, that's, like, who I'm going to be as an adult, I'm pretty sure, is I'm just gonna, like, live in an apartment above my best friends, so... Yeah. Whichever ones will take me. <laughs> so, just never, she just never leaves Sunny after that. So this is the beginning of that, and I think that's kind of nice. It is nice. So oh, then, and then we have... Sorry. Sorry, you go ahead. No, I actually... I'm really glad you started talking, because I didn't know where... I was just starting a sentence and letting... I was going to see where it went. <laughs> you go, you go. So then we have a scene where the female Grim Reaper talks to Park Junhyun, and you find out that she was the one that made all the tonics for the kings and the princess and everyone that gets murdered. And I didn't really get why she did it, but you just find out that that's why she's a Grim Reaper. That was the sin that she committed, and she was kind of in cahoots with Park Joon-hyun. Yeah, which was like an interesting... It's a nut... It just keeps happening, and I need to just trust. Because right now it feels like it was kind of dropped, like it came up. And he kind of tortured her over it by, like, letting her know that she was, like, a terrible sinner. Like, she didn't know it as being a Grim Reaper. And then, like, she kind of tortures herself about it or doesn't want to believe it. And then it just kind of, it's another one of those things where, like, they just have to move on. Because, like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like much is coming of it. And probably solid chance if time has taught us anything, that will come back in a big way. But as of right now, from what I can tell, it was just, like, a good explanation for, like, I don't know, the poisonings. Yeah, but also kind of unnecessary. Like, it could have just been Park Jun-hyun. So, like you said, if, if it comes back and they round back to it, which they most likely will, it'll be fulfilling, but as is, it's a weird storyline that they've created for this person that, 
you didn't really care about and didn't really need a storyline of her own. Yeah. Like they do. So that's fine. But they do. I mean, like, they've got a couple more episodes to wrap everything up. So had to do something, I guess. There was another one. I think it was in episode 13 where the little kid's storyline, there's this little kid that's being bullied by the chicken shop that Intoc works at. Yeah. And his storyline seems to wrap up with the goblin helping him out and giving him, like, quote-unquote superpowers to fight off his bullies. And that seems to be the end of his storyline. And I was like, that was a lot of ramp-up for not a lot of payoff. Yeah, like, a solid three, like, I guess, I'll call them cutscenes, because that's what it feels like. A solid three cutscenes where this little kid and Untok, like, hang out behind the chicken shop, and, like, something happens with the little kid. And, yeah, then then it seems over. Maybe one day he'll grow- maybe he'll show up as a grown-up and, like, I don't know, make a real difference to the series. I'm- yep, predictions! <laughs> Some predictions, because this seems like it's going nowhere and they just wasted our time for the first time, which- isn't bad. One out of many storylines that I feel was wasted. Yeah. But it was a weird ending. So I guess maybe they'll bring him back as well and make him do something important, like you said. But it seems like maybe it was just a juxtaposition of the goblin spent his 900 years like granting people's wishes and helping them out, and now Untak is trying to do the same, and they're just good people, and they're meant to be together. Yeah, and it was another one of those moments where, like, Untak just takes a minute to love who the Grim Reaper is as a helpful, kind person, because she's like, ah, you're so cool. And I think Mm -hmm. that's her way of saying, like, oh, you are a good person, because she seems to only say that after he, like... Pulls off some stunt that helps another person. I mean, that's fair, because he's not particularly nice to her. Yeah, so you're so cool is, I guess, a more neutral way of saying you're a good person. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's there's this added storyline of this assistant girl. I don't even have her name. The female Grim Reaper is all we've got for her, I think. And she gets a storyline, which is fine. Um, Something that I actually thought was really, really interesting that they brought up in this episode was that Sunny thinks she is in her fourth life, which, like, they get four lives, and she believes she is in her fourth life. Which I really really like that a lot or I guess I like that she's put thought into that and that she gave Untak the chance to be like hey what like what life do you think you're in because uh, Untak thinks that she's in her first life um which I think probably is true I don't know I just know she was made for the goblin but then there was that whole part that will forever confuse me where I was like was that her in a past life that he saw? Do you remember that? Uh-uh. It was around the time that he also talked about, like, how the teacher had the same face. 
But he was uh, like, I've met my true love before. I might be making stuff up. I might have to just <laughs> cut this. <laughs> I don't know I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't. I need to rewatch this show already. I'm not even done with it, and I need to rewatch it to catch every little detail. There's so much. There's so much of it. But yeah, I think. That's an interesting point. I didn't think too much into it because for me, I you'd think I'd be more of a romantic since I love K-drama so much and I love romance, but I didn't put too much stock in the scene because I thought Untak ruined it by being like, I think this is my first life. And Sunny was like, why? And Untak was like, because I want it to be so I can spend every lifetime with Kim Shin. It's... Another one of those scenes where she's a kid and you, I'm she's done. Just a with little her. too cheesy. Yeah, she is like the queen of cheese. Yeah, it's so much cheese in this salad. So <laughs> yeah, I can't with that. So I did. I kind of just like I said disregarded the whole scene, but that's interesting. I didn't think too much about Sunny saying that it was her fourth life. Yeah, which means it's, like, her final chance. Her final chance to do anything before she moves on to whatever's next. They're pretty vague about that. Like, like, you must be. As you must be, but when you've got a whole show dealing with, I don't know, the afterlife and reincarnation, it's so hard. Uh, it's hard to... Leave some things vague and make some things make sense at the same time. It's just like religion. Just like religion. This show is but my religion. <laughs> because they try so hard to put it all together for you. I think they do a good job. I do too. They're killing it. Something that I thought that was really cool was in that same scene... Um, Park Jung Hyung shows up. Wow, that was stilted. <laughs> he shows up and he tries to go after Sunny, but Untak is kind of a badass and she like throws herself on top of Sunny and then her birthmark protects her again. That's so freaking cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I really liked that scene. And the Grim Reaper gets his old memories back as a punishment for using his powers willy-nilly. So you get a whole flashback of how sad his life was after um, Kim Sun and Kim Shin died. And that was heartbreaking. Oh my god. I So sad. I... Here's something that uh, kind of became apparent to me in this, and it kind of, I don't know, I don't think they ever made a bad point at all, but I think that they set up this character, the Grim Reaper, in his past life, they set up this character with, like, actually pretty severe, like, depression. I think he had really severe depression, at least from where I'm sitting, because he has so many, like, internal struggles with feeling loved and cared for, and he 
at one point genuinely i'm jeez this is about this is about to get heavy um but he at one point commits suicide like he's done he can't keep living this existence that is just so hard on him and i mean as much as you can say like he put himself in that situation and he made his choices i do wonder if like i don't know it obviously like the writers it he's their character and they can say he was whatever he they want to say he was but to me it came off as like a mental health issue but a mental health issue that no one was treating i guess as a mental health issue <clears throat> and obviously like historically that makes more sense but even in the present they tell him his biggest sin was committing suicide and that was really hard for me to swallow. I didn't care for that. I'm just going to throw that out there. Because mm. I think he had a lot of other big sins, but I don't think it's good to say that someone's... that it's a sin to commit suicide. Because I feel like that's the system failing a person, not a person failing everyone else. That's so, a good way to put it. Yeah. Anyway, I felt like that was really important to put put out there because suicide is is not it's not a sin people it's a terrible thing that happens and i don't know making it a bummer on the podcast is really so we're just um before we move on from that just me and raquel want to say if you are feeling depressed if you're feeling unloved if you feel like you need help please Reach out to someone, call the suicide hotline, get the help you need. You deserve it. And it can get better. And it can get better before 900 years. Yeah, don't wait living. 900 years to to seek help, get the help you need. So yeah, um, we're gonna get back to the show now. Oh good. <laughs> oh thank god. <laughs> <laughs> Not make it sad anymore. Yeah. Just well, wanted to put our piece in. Yeah. But and uh and now we can we can talk about the more lighthearted stuff in the show. Yeah, like all the beautiful coats. Uh there were some beautiful <laughs> ones and there were some very unbeautiful ones. Okay, but it they were all worn by such beautiful people that you can't even be that mad. Yeah, it's hard, because I feel like I already have a hard time with fashion, but then I feel like I definitely have that bias where it's like, I don't know, beautiful people can wear anything they want. But if uh -huh. I tried to wear that coat that Sunny wears, the weird, like, patchwork... We both know, yes! Plaid, like, <laughs> insane. It looks like a crazy person. Like, I, w I would look like a crazy person. I would look actually manic if i was wearing that <laughs> coat we got these like great big crazy eyes that and if i wore <laughs> something that looked that freaking erratic then i would look out of my mind mm -hmm. uh but yeah. sunny can wear it because sunny is sunny can wear the most beautiful person in history so she looked great and i think it's always complimented by the Grim Reaper's clothes, because he was also wearing the most beautiful coat that looked 
almost black or blue in dark lights, and then when he was in direct sunlight, it looked green. Yeah. It was like, the oh. freaking amazing Technicolor dream coat. Yes. The most beautiful Technicolor dream coat. Um, yeah, I thought overall 13 was... I don't know. It was. It felt kind of slow. Yeah. But it was so much happening. Like, it was all climax. I named it the episode of One Million Angel Tears, because everyone <laughs> in the show cried pretty much from the beginning to the end, but mostly the Grim Reaper, and he cries like an angel, so... So he gets the angel tears. I think when they're wearing those beautiful, stupid coats is when Sonny dumps him for the final time. Oh, God, that was hard. I didn't see it coming, actually. I didn't really I don't either. know why. It felt a bit like a reconciliation, I think, just like the way they began talking. It almost mm -hmm. felt like they were just kind of owning up to who they had been, and then all of a sudden she was like, owning up, and also we could never make it work. But why? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I guess. I yes. guess if you're a quitter, Sonny. <laughs> Are you a quitter, Sonny? Are you quitting right now? And she did. You're she, quit. she quit. Yeah. She actually quit. Which is to say that's probably good for her. But that whole fourth life conversation is so foreshadowing to be like, they're probably going to end up together. Yeah. So it's why a, do we have to break them up? It's their final chance. So yeah. And I mean, it's that thing where they're at least a couple we've been rooting for since day one. Since yeah. the very first time we saw both of their beautiful faces, <laughs> we've been trying to get them to love each other. And it's real hard. It just, it's tearing me apart. Oh, I love me a good side couple. Yeah. I guess also, yeah, the side couple is generally the more stable couple, so it's hard to watch them do this. Um, I wrote Kim Shin and Untak go on vacation, and it honestly took me a minute to remember what that meant. I watched it yesterday, and I already forgot. Because it was just like a two-minute weird, like, fan service moment. Yeah. Whenever they do moments where you're, they're kind of trying to show, like, oh, these people really love each other, I feel like it's never a smooth transition, but it's an even less smooth transition when it's like, oh, we're going on vacation together, and now there's going to be two minutes without dialogue and just these two, like, enjoying each other's time. And it's like, that's so sweet. It feels like a... I don't know, it's... <laughs> Oh, my immersion. <laughs> I feel ejected from this really intense storyline. Yeah, but not in my favorite way. Mm -mm. Not in a good way. It, it was, felt forced. It was kind of a nice breath before the storm, though, because then, like, it, we spiral into the, like, end of the episode, which was deeply surprising for me. Yeah, I didn't see any of that coming. That was the best cliffhanger. Yeah, because I, I guess I'm just really disused to 
these guys are really good at breaking all the K-drama rules I've gotten really used to as a K-drama fan. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, they follow the rules up until they don't, including here where episodes 13 and 14 are, um, they're that same, I mean, 13 is that, like, same build, you know, that you're used to for episodes 13 and 14. Now I'm used to, like, 15 and 16 being the part where it just kind of blows up and everything's crazy. But no, they actually saved that for the last 10 minutes of 13. And... <laughs> there was it was a, crazy. A lot of feelings in those 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm all feeled out. <laughs> I felt, I felt like I really... I started crying when the Grim Reaper started crying. When Kim Shin was like, I have served you well, your highness, and now I send message that I have died a hero. Something way cooler than what I just said. But the he, point lies the gist, there. Yeah. The gist. And the Grim Reaper starts crying and I started crying. And then Untak started crying. And she freaking earned her Oscar there. Yeah, get that girl a prize, cause I I imagine that that is just the level of just like the heart wrenching sobs are the level that one would feel when watching, like having to actually watch a loved one die, especially the way she had to, and with I don't know their whole history because she's felt fated to be with him, and they had like done it, they'd done the thing, and then it just was totally ripped from her and she had to watch it all happen. And that was heavy. Yeah, I admittedly disconnected from that moment intentionally, just just checked out and kind of started writing my notes because I was like, if I get into this, which I could, because both of them are the best actors I've ever seen, and could made me feel anything. I was like, I will not recover from this. I, I'm just going to like stare at my husband and appreciate what I have right now. Because if I get too into this, I will not stop crying all yeah. night. It was, I, it's kind of weird because I, uh, it wasn't the most relatable moment for me. So luckily it didn't like completely hard hit punch. Like the most relatable crying I've ever had to deal with was the happy moment in the show because we both know I like dogs. I've lost yeah. them before. They're good boys. I cried a lot. Whereas this yeah. one wasn't as directly relatable for me, but it was pretty devastating. But it felt a lot like I don't know. It felt like reading really beautiful poetry, like, because it was so well done. But yeah, I like, I, I felt like my feelings weren't fully connected to it. It was just really well done, and I could appreciate it and listen to the really sad song that they play at all the sad parts and mm -hmm. just like feel it kind of wash over me. So they did like a really good job with that scene. I'm sure it affected some people, like, I mean, yeah. I'd like to think it did because it was such a well done scene that I'd, I'd like to think that some people really connected with it and really felt 
that moment with Untak. Kind of like you, I didn't, but I I totally appreciated that. All of yeah. it. All the things. Like, <laughs> I intentionally didn't because it would have ruined me. Yeah. So it must have. It must have for some people. And I appreciate that. And then you jump into 14, which um, it starts with the same scene, but it finishes with Untak writing down, don't forget Kim Shin. Like, you're his bride. He's the man with the sad smile. Yeah, she can feel herself forgetting. And you kind of go, th- there's like this whole scene where you watch everyone forget. And I think that was a lot sadder for me. Like, that was really, really hard-hitting to me. Because there's nothing, I don't know, that's so gut-wrenching to think that you're being taken, like, he was being taken out of everyone's memory. Like, he doesn't even get credit for all the good that he's caused in their life or the bad. It's that thing, it's that theme that they go back to about, like, happiness versus, like, remembering the good and the bad and, like, does it make you a more or less happy person having all of these memories and... I don't know. To me, it was just really, really sad to remove him from, like, all these people who had come to value him so much. Yeah. And that was, like, I think my note was, he just leaves their memories? Well done. Well done, show. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. I feel terrible about that. (laughs) You yet again ripped my heart out. They're really... This show's really good at touching on hard-hitting themes, and being forgotten after you die is something that I think everybody fears and worries about. Yeah, it's that thing where everyone wants to believe that if they weren't there, the world wouldn't have- if they were never born, the world wouldn't be the same place, which is really true, and, like- Yeah! Especially in this, like- very localized world where you're just watching all these characters who he did make a huge difference for just kind of forget him and that hurts yeah that does not feel good and so he dies and he goes to this in-between world this limbo and he begs the gods to allow him to stay so that he can feel Untak's presence. I don't know. I think he expects more from this limbo than he gets because he says, I want to like go to her. Go go to her with the rains and go to her with the winds and go to her with the first snow. Yeah. But and it seems like none of that happens. Right. He wanders in just like a really desolate land for nine years, no big deal. Oh my god, that poem that says he was so lonely that he would walk in he would walk backwards just to see his own footprints in the sand. Oh my god. That hit hard. Oh oh you can't imagine being that lonely. No. Oh, and it like I don't know. It just they they started out this episode just so heavy and then they gave me everything I wanted and I don't know how to feel about it (laughs) 
Because then they have the time jump, right? Yeah. And... And um, they didn't translate it on my end. They had... They had nine and then some Hangul, but I had read the episode description and saw that it was like, there's a nine-year time jump, so I knew what was happening, but I didn't see any subtitles for it, so I was just like, what? I don't know, I don't know what this is saying. Yeah, I don't think there was a translation. I, f- I think that they just pretty much... I don't know what that said either. We can't read Korean. <laughs> um... Whatever it was, though, you just kind of have to, unless you read the, like, little, yeah, subtext before the episode, then you just have to wait for them to say what happened, pretty much. Which is which always... I guess they do, like, ten times. Yeah. Mention how long it's been. It's been nine years. Since, Since something or other. No. We're not gonna say, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the words anyway. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't jump in. It's okay. Yeah, so you just it's just nine years later now. Which is one of the biggest time jumps that I think I've seen on a Korean drama. Yeah, nine years is not a small amount of time. Which I mean it's really cool though that they did the nine year time jump. Um, because so much has happened in everyone's life that it's not just like a, oh, someone is now, I don't know, they've had two birthdays. It's like, no, they've all (laughs) built careers. They've probably, they've all graduated college. And by they've all, I mean like Untak and her friend, but still. Yeah, I feel like it's just Untak and her friend, like the Grim Reaper and Sunny just kind of hit pause. And, uh... Stayed beautiful. That's the most important part. and did nothing. Yep. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting that they decided that, um, that she becomes, like, a radio show producer. And I it kept on saying, like, oh, you achieved your dream. But I think she once mentioned, like, I don't know what I'll do. Maybe I'll become a radio producer. Like, yes! <laughs> thank you! Oh, man. She's constantly like, uh, I don't know. Like, we'll see how it goes. And, yeah, maybe once or twice she's like, maybe radio. And the goblin's like, yeah, run with that. Go with radio. Do radio. I'm here to support your dream of being a radio producer. It was just kind of like, I don't know if it's a dream. I just found the cash, said radio. <laughs> I just like the radio. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I did feel it was like the single most relatable thing, though, in that, like, and by most relatable, I mean only for me, possibly also for you, in that I saw that she was, like, producing this radio show, and I was like, hey, my dream is to become a podcaster. I just want to do podcasts. So, (laughs) same, buddy. Same. We're here for you. I hope by the time I'm 29, someone listens to our podcast. I mean, maybe by the time we're 29, we'll also write a script instead of just notes. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like if we wrote a script, they wouldn't get all of this joyous humor out of us that <laughs> only we're laughing at. All of these good, good jokes. All these good, good jokes. Yeah, sorry if this episode is not as funny. I feel like 13 and 14 were so beautiful that they couldn't be happy at all. Yep. Nothing was happy about them. 
No one laughed. And no one laughed no. again in the world of Goblin. Ever. Ever again. Um, so it... Oh, there's this weird thing that I know the whole show is supernatural and I should just get behind every supernatural plot point that they throw in, but I just don't care for the whole Untak mistypes that it's 22 degrees outside when it's really 2 degrees outside, and now magically it's 22 degrees outside, and Untak, I think the first one is like, she... The weather report said it was going to be clear skies, and then she's like, I don't know, it's raining now. And you're just like, I don't, uh, I don't care about all this weather stuff. I know that it's always been Kim Shin and the weather, but yeah. I'm not, I don't care. Yeah, it was just kind of wearing on me, and, I, and then I was like, well, is it to show that her job is like... Not that great, because actually that's just bumming me out that she's, like, reached the age of 29 and she's being bullied by, like, her boss. And I guess thank God for the fact that she's got a goblin to change things for her, because that typo almost got her fired. And it's like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want this. Yeah. Don't and it's that this. hard thing where you're like, I know that she, like... There's just a whole team there. Why does it? Why is it Untalk that like types? It's 22 degrees, and then it immediately goes through to the reporter, who's like, "Yes, 22 sounds right." Right. And then, yeah, like, was there not an editor? Was it because she's a producer? She just like shot it right through and got it on the air, and the reporter was like, "This sounds right to me." I'm gonna keep it I'll going. Say this. Yeah, I just feel like they're giving no one any credit. Simply so that they can show that, like, being an adult is really hard. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know. But they're also like, but it's so cool that Untak reached her dreams without Kim Shin there. Like, I don't know. She seems kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of bumming me out. It is really cool that she, like, gotta spend some time becoming an adult on her own, but, like, I'll give them that. That's cool as hell. And she's got a best friend, which is my favorite part of any K-drama. Yes! The best friend. It took them so long, and they, like, had given her best friends in the past, sort of, in the form of, like, the Grim Reaper and her were sometimes best friends. But then they always were like, but really, you know, who's best friends? The Goblin and the Grim Reaper. No best friend for Untak. Yeah, it was like every time... Untak and the Grim Reaper would have this moment where they would connect and it would be really serious. The next scene would be him, like, I don't know, pretending that he was going to kill her and her being scared. Yeah. Like, come on, just build a friendship. We want this. The people want this. Build the ship, put these two on it. And they're like, no, we can't. We can't do that. So I'm glad that they finally gave her a friendship. And I'm always here for girl power and the three girls sitting at the table having some beers after work was the most beautiful scene that I could never have asked for. It felt so good and it would have felt a lot better if they hadn't made Untak immediately sound like an alcoholic and also a little bit crazy at the end of the scene when she was just like, 
everything is good because I've got friends who care and alcohol that's bitter. And I was like, okay, okay. And then um, you think, like, maybe she's happy with her life, but she's not. She's really sad. And yeah, she goes home and starts bawling. Yeah. She's like, why is the rain so sad? Yep. And, and you get it. You understand that it's the root cause is that she loves Kim Shin, but she can't remember him, and he brings the rain with his sadness. Yep, so she's a mess. They, the gods have actually made her into someone who has all of this stuff, and she doesn't know how to deal with it because she literally can't even remember what the stuff is. And apparently, forgetting the goblin was in the interest of all of the people who forgot him. And I'm like, was it, though? Was it Dequa God? Yeah, because it seems like maybe it's hurting more than it's helping. Yeah, I feel like this, this half-memory is the hardest. We're like, eh, if she could just forget him all the way, then maybe. But it seems like he made her forget, like... 98% of him. Yeah. But not that last little bit that loves him so much. That's the power of true love. Yep. It transcends <laughs> God's power. I really like that they had the Grim Reaper remember um, the goblin. I didn't <gasps> I love it. that they added a scene that was the two gods talking and... The, like, Mother Nature god was like, I think we should leave one person to remember him. Because she didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel necessary to me that they have a reason. Yeah, it was a little bit. they just came up with a lame one. Yeah, they were like, may as well give someone a memory of it. And if you're gonna give it to anyone, give it to the Grim Reaper. I would have liked if they just had found this way that... I don't know. He just somehow remembered it. Like, being a Grim Reaper, or... Yeah, like, we don't wipe your memories anymore after you're a Grim Reaper. Yeah, or maybe it's part of his punishment for, like, breaking the rules. I don't know. I just felt like there were a couple of more viable things that... Yeah, besides, like, I just feel like it. Yeah. And you're like, why even put this scene in if she's just gonna say, I feel like letting someone remember? Like, I just like messing with them. It's a real nice time. It's cruel. Don't you like messing with people? Let's go play The Sims. <laughs> Freaking Dequa God loves messing with people. That's his favorite thing. What, I bet he's one of those people that, like, makes a Sim family and then, like, takes the one that he made specifically for that purpose and, like, boxes them into a doorless windowless room and watches them go crazy yeah monster just kidding monster. i do that <laughs> but it's the sims it's not real people that we're aware of it's not real people um so like a good portion of this episode is um the goblin running around town trying to get people to remember him and it feels pretty awkward and sad until the Grim Reaper remembers him, and they start drinking together, and Dequa walks in on them. And that's... Oh, they brought back the good, good comedy yes. with those three getting back together. Oh, I love them. I love those three. 
Those three good boys. Dequa doesn't know what's going on anymore. He's like, I forget why I call you uncle. And who's this guy? He seems weird. Did that door just close? Everybody's going crazy. And then I... Maybe this is the most ridiculous thing to have loved and forgotten I loved and then been reminded of. But that moment when he waves and he's just like, all right, bye, friend. Thanks for visiting. Oh, my God. So full circle oh. and so good. I love that little wave. <laughs> the little wave. And I love when the scene ends with Dequa being like, did that door just slam? And the crew member being like, Dequa, come here. Come here, look me in the eye for a sec. <laughs> oh, because they just, oh, it's it's a little inside joke with you in the show, and that always feels good. Right. Oh, it makes you feel like, I don't know, like you're friends with all these beautiful, wonderful people that you love. <laughs> with Dequa in his loud suit. Oh my gosh, that daisy suit. So good. Oh man, that crazy and, young man with his crazy fashion sense. And it, he's always had crazy fashion sense, so I feel like they could have let it go, but Kim Shin commented on it, and that just made it twice as good. <laughs> All I needed from that episode was the three of them getting back together and having a little... Little comedy skit. Yeah. I did think that the moment uh, where the Grim Reaper told uh, Kim Shin, like, I think he said, It's a good thing you've returned. I mean it. And I was like, Oh, it is good. And it's so nice of you to say that. And then he got his chance to finally, like, do a real apology. Yeah. And Kim Shin accepts his apology. Like a real mature adult for once. Yep, and then for once, everything feels so golden. Because really what I wanted, really what I wanted out of this show, more than I wanted anyone to fall in love, and more than I wanted anyone to be with another person, was for these two to become best friends. <laughs> it's, oh. I took uh, an online, or I took an online poll once that was like, which bromance is better? The Goblin Bromance or some some other show. And Goblin came in second. It was at like 43%. So I was like, we have to watch whatever that other show is that's gonna after be, Goblin. If that's going to be our next show. I'm going to hunt it. I'm going to find that, that quiz. Because I want to know if there really is a better bromance out there. Because I, uh, I have fallen so in love with these good boys. And their good friendship. And their good friendship. I just want them to be best friends forever and solve mysteries and be best friends. That's the act. That's what Goblin is in my head. <laughs> I've been watching a really different show from everyone else. <laughs> it's very lighthearted. Yep. No one's sad. No one cries. Especially not moms and dog owners. Nope. Nobody cries. It's just a little bromance show. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And then there's that weird weather scene that I already talked about, and that doesn't matter. What matters is Kim Shin's beautiful blue coat and oh, Untok's no. beautiful plaid coat. I hated his blue coat. 
The summer one? The cherry blossom one? Uh, with all of the weird ruffles down the sleeves. Oh, I did not notice. Yeah, it was loud. It was a loud, roughly shirt or coat. But I did I worn it. obsessively love her plaid coat. Like, I was ready for that to be mine. There are so few things in this, sh- in like these, like super fashionable shows that I feel like I could actually genuinely have in my closet that I would mm-hmm. wear all of the time because I struggle with wearing anything but like cardigans and hoodies. Um, but the one thing that I've seen in this show that I actually like, kind of gut punch wanted, like, oh, there's a. <laughs> There's a hole inside of me, and it's shaped like that coat. That that was the coat. It's my the coat of my dreams. I, for me, it was a sweater that Kim Shin wore a long time ago. Mm. That said, he, she, me, a gender. Yes, I remember oh, that. I did such a long, hard internet search to find where I could buy that, and it was like a two hundred dollar sweater. Oh, I know that this is wrong. Because we should give money to the people who actually created it if we want it. But can we just make it? We probably could make that. I just... That's so cool. What a good sweater. I had forgotten about that. Me too. And when I finally found it, it was on an article that listed a lot of Kim Shin's outfits and how much they cost. And then, like, one of the first episodes, like episodes one or two, he wears this afghan. Like It looks like just a blanket. Yeah. Like just a blanket. It said it was like three grand. What, what is this world that we live in? Why is he wearing a $3,000 blanket? Oh my god. I need a minute to readjust how I feel about all of those clothes. <laughs> Because I really love them. But I, like, the anarchist, the, like, rebel in me, as soon as I hear that someone is charging $3,000 for, like, some designer blanket that you wear out, I get a little, I I get a little cranky. Because I was cranky when I heard the new iPhone was $1,000. Right. But now I know that probably Untak's plaid coat is a thousand dollars as well and i'm like the iphone can do a lot more than that coat yeah it's serious like for sure at least that iphone could show me it's a little handhold like handheld item that shows you everything you want to know in the entire world because the internet is inside of it and that coat doesn't do that coat oh yeah so that, there's a reason that all the clothes on the show are beautiful and should not be worn by normal mortals. Yeah, or like anyone... Uh, I'm falling down a rabbit hole in my head where I think about the consequences of the fashion industry. We should move <laughs> on. <laughs> Just, um... Now I'm gonna go back and check on that coat and look for the sleeves. Because I did not notice yeah. them, and I really liked the color of the coat. Yeah, the coat was beautiful. It was like the bluest blue I've ever seen. It's the blue that one's TV screen is when there's no signal. 
beautiful. Beautiful. That's the description that the designer wanted. It's no signal blue. And Untak blows out a candle and summons Kim Shin to a coffee shop. And he has to, like, borrow money from her to get the coffee, which leads him to borrow money from the Grim Reaper. Like, right off the bat, very next scene, he shows up at the Grim Reaper's tea shop and is like, can I borrow $5? And you think it's to go pay her back. But, like, five scenes later, she's like, when are you going to give me that $5 back for coffee? Yeah, it's super messed up. I'm a little that bit was like, very confusing. where did that money go? Where did that money go? I think you need to have a conversation about borrowing money with someone. <laughs> someone yeah. needs to sit you down and let you know how it works. I don't get it, because he keeps borrowing money for the Grim Reaper, and it makes sense. Like, he says, I'm going to buy a book, and I'm going to buy some meat. And I just thought all these things were, like, to impress Untak, but I guess they weren't, because it sounds like he doesn't see her again. But I think the very first $5 he borrows, he does not say what it's for, and you just assume it's to pay her back for the cup of coffee. Yeah. But no. No, apparently not. Apparently not. What's he doing with this money? I just... It's very suspect. I just feel like maybe he's had so much money for so long that he doesn't remember what it's like to be asked to, like, to have to borrow it. I don't know. It's just really irresponsible. It's just really mean. (laughs) I just think it's a really weird, like, loose end that... The show is not really known for. The show's yeah. pretty good at being like, here's what he's doing with all that money. But they're just like, nah, it's just kind of funny that he's borrowing money and he's not really doing anything with it. It's just a fun new aspect of their friendship. Um, what? At the coffee shop, there is a point where Untak is like creeped enough that she's actually reduced to saying my boyfriend will be here soon. And Kim Shin does not get the hint. And it's really frustrating to me as a person who lives in this world. Because usually by the time a woman has to say the words, my boyfriend will be here soon, it means maybe you should give her her freaking space. Because she's feeling a little threatened by your presence. And that's never a good feeling for a woman to have. That was my hugest problem with this episode it was a big problem where he's stalking her and creeping and following her around and she's continually saying like you're spooking me out until he's like oh i'm mega rich and then he proves that he's mega rich like instantly and she's like oh my god i want to call that guy and then he calls her and he's like what's your address and she's like let me read it off for you do you have a pen I'm like, no, two minutes ago, this guy was creeping you out, giving you the chills. And you're like, oh, he has money. Let me give him my social security number. Yeah, it makes her seem pretty materialistic, which is something I always suspected by the way she behaved. But also it's stressful because, I don't know, it's that whole thing where, like, so... There's that fine line between, like, a stalker 
and like a suitor and that fine line is whether or not you want that attention it's that scene from say anything where the guy stands outside of her room with a boombox and it's really romantic because she wants the attention but like if a guy showed up at my house and did that to me and I didn't want the attention, I'd be really, really, really bothered that someone came to my house, like, knows where I live and doesn't understand boundaries. And it's kind of that same thing here, where uh, the line between him stalking her and him trying to pursue her is her interest, but her interest also seems to come with the amount of dollar bills in his pocket. And it it's... It's so frustrating because then yeah. it has this whole commentary that people like can be bought or more specifically like women can be bought and their feelings can be bought and it's really gross. It's just the grossest. Yeah. There's just so many other ways that they could have gone about this, but they're like, we want to get them back together fast. So we're just going to have him follow her around until she realizes that he's rich and then it's fine. Yep. And I don't get it. I don't, I feel like the, the thing that took the longest with their relationship the first time was him and him being a really immature man child. So now that he's fallen in love and wants to get back with her, I feel like he could have courted her in a normal manner yeah. and it would have been pretty quick. Almost in, like, a really successful, like, almost eerily successful manner in that, like, he knows what she likes, and he knows who she is as a person. Maybe not, like, nine years later. Maybe there's some room for getting to know someone who's nine years mm-hmm. older than they were before. People change. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. It takes know. a little bit of acting. Right. And, and so I guess he didn't want to do that. Yeah, instead of creep-stalking her, like... Just, I don't know, ask her out like a normal or like a normal or something. I don't know. I don't know how people date. I should stop pretending like I know how it works. <laughs> but you don't, I don't know, follow someone around for 10 days and then be like, I've got cash money. Yeah. And then you're dating, I guess. Yeah. And then it is apparently okay if you show up in Canada. Where she said she and was ask going. where they live. Like, yeah. That bothered me way more than Canada. Like, Canada was weird, and he sold it off as a cheap lie, but I felt like that was more comical than anything. Yeah. But the whole him calling her and being like, do you want to meet up for a date? And her being like, yeah. And him being like, let's go to your house. Right. Like, okay, that sounds good. I live near this place. It's like, oh, good. What? Oh, good. Don't tell him at all where you live. Yeah. It's like Untak is nine years older but still doesn't know how to live in the world. (laughs) If somebody's got money. Which is to say, I don't know how much he's proven that he has money. Because he said, I own that company over there. And then she had a meeting with some guy. Like, who we know is Secretary Kim, who's the CEO of the company. But, like, she doesn't actually know that. Right. And it looks like all the paperwork's going through. I don't know. I'm trying to tell the women out there, don't get caught in an elaborate scam. Right, she this is a grift. Two dudes. Anywhere mm-hmm. outside of this show, this is a grift. 
And, and it is not hard to do. No. It was not an elaborate scheme. It literally took two guys and the second one being like, yeah, the first one's really rich. And the first <laughs> one being, I totally am, for her to be like, here's my address. Yeah, come see me. This is where I work. Here's my address. I'm going to Canada next week. These are the things that I feel. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Don't do it. Don't do it, ladies. This is our PSA podcast. Yeah, right? We just keep on safety. putting out clumsy PSAs. Like, we don't know <laughs> how to talk to people. I'm very terrible at phrasing my feelings, but what I will do is tell other people how to feel. Yeah. But I'll do it very poorly. I just want you to feel safe. That's how I want everyone to feel. Um, And then they go to Quebec together. Or Untak goes to Quebec and is followed by Kim Shin. So if you define together as one person showing up and then another person knowing where they're going showing up, then they go to Quebec together. <laughs> I also have to point out that she goes to Quebec because she got, like, Dequa got a letter that she sent ten years ago from Canada and the first thing she does is ask the front desk, like, why was this letter so late? Or did it come from this hotel? And they were like, yeah, it came from this hotel. It was, it got like stuck in the old mailbox. And my mind honestly didn't question that it took 10 years to get a letter from Quebec to Korea. I was like, <laughs> that's just, mail takes a long time, man. I kind of was the same way. <laughs> like, I guess I didn't even, it didn't even register where it was from. Because that part, I guess, just, like, meant nothing to me. <laughs> so when the letter shows up, I was just like, oh, what a nice and convenient plot device. Like, I feel like I've been calling them out on everything. And for that, I was just like, what a nice, convenient plot device to try and get the Grim Reaper back with Sunny. Like, I'm willing to just forgive all <laughs> things as long as it ends with the Grim Reaper and Sunny being together. Which he... Delivers the letter, not to her. They pass each other by on the street, and she gives him a look, like, I recognize you, and then she clearly doesn't, and walks away. And I'm like, no, she did not legit forget what he looked like. I'm wondering... Like, did her memory get erased? Because I'm pretty sure it didn't. I mean, it got erased around how Kim Shin, like how he plays into it, and I'm wondering... I don't know. I oh, I guess Intak didn't remember him either. Yeah, because she can't... Maybe everyone forgot both of them, except Dequa. Each other? Because Dequa knows who Uncle Tennant is. I don't know. Uh -oh. But he doesn't remember their friendship. Like... Oh, that's true. He's like, I don't know why I call you Uncle Tenant. So maybe it was just like a house he was renting out and he had the contract and he was like, he's in his phone as Uncle Tenant. Dang, why did I even say anything? Now we've put it all together if I she didn't remember him. Nobody remembers the Grim Reaper either. Yep. That's somehow slightly less sad. Yeah. Should have been equally sad. It's hard because that also means the Grim Reaper has kind of been living in a lonely world, missing the people he finally befriended, and he already mm -hmm. had, like, a hard knock life before that, so... He's got his nice little hubei, that, that other Grim Reaper. Yeah. He seems like a nice chap. 
He is. I really enjoy... I mean, like, he was doing some good, good work. He was, like, the reason they could defeat the antagonist. He was low-key, <laughs> like, the most important player. <laughs> He's Bust Up Girl. Yep. Nominated. Bust Up Girl Award. Nominated to the other Grim Reaper. I Whatever feel like his- I'm gonna have to comb back through all of these episodes and remember everyone we nominated, so in the bonus episode we can give out a bus stop girl award dang it it's gonna take so long our podcasts are too long our podcasts are too long guys what are we doing <laughs> can somebody else please listen to our podcast and tell us who we've nominated for the bus stop girl award yeah it's much as awful as i'm sure it is for you guys to listen to our voices trust me when i say it's easier for you guys to listen to our voices than it is for us <laughs> And just, I mean, I know this is kind of towards the end, but we've probably also nominated people for Happy Awards. That was just a joke. Only Happy gets the Happy (laughs) Award. Don't worry about keeping track. Yeah, literally there can be only one, and that's Happy. So, don't worry about that one. Those were all jokes. Yep, those were all just funny jokes when we really appreciated someone's actions. (laughs) Um, yeah. I think that's all I had. Me too. That I mean, and like, to the extent that like, I feel like this is a really appropriate ending for this particular episode of the podcast because my final note was, well, that was the most boring episode ending ever because it's just like, <laughs> there's the red door in Quebec and that's it. <laughs> Hi, red door. I like that there's like one second of Untak being like, you're creeping me out again. And and I really it was kind of cheap, but I really like that she's like, Alright, Mr. President, I'll take you to dinner. And you know that leads into that scene that she turns around and says, Oh, Mr. President, over here that he was jealous about for like nine months. Yeah, his whole life with her. He spent freaking sweating that moment, and we all Being knew. jealous of his own self. Yeah. Freaking idiot. Jeez, man, jeez. So it was, like, kind of a cute ending. But, yeah, it, these two episodes, even, I don't know, I usually skip episodes 13 and 14 of K-dramas. Like, I usually stop at 9 and then just jump to the last episode, because I'm the worst person. <laughs> So I don't. I typically don't even watch episodes thirteen and fourteen of any given K drama, and I felt good about these ones. They were pretty slow, but they were so beautiful and had so many emotions. Yeah, lots of feelings. This is. Uh, I mean, you know that when you're watching a K drama, you're gonna have feelings because that's what I mean. Like that's the market. Yeah, <laughs> but like. They've done such a good job of of telling a story here that I I don't mind kind of sitting along for the ride at this point. Definitely going to find ways to complain, as we've seen through our past episodes of podcast, but <laughs> so far it's been really good, and I, I can't believe that our next episode is going to be the last episode of, the, wow. of, of Goblin. We're going to keep doing this forever, no matter <laughs> how few listeners. <laughs> We will do this until the end of time, because K-dramas are so, so good. Yep. And I wouldn't 
I mean, I'd be remiss not to mention that pretty much this is what me and Em do together now that she lives in a different country. And it's good to have something keeping her chained to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep us tied down every week so yep. we can talk for at least an hour. At least an hour. So. Um, since next week is the last episode of Goblin, we'll probably have a bonus episode after that. If anyone out there is listening and wants to send us recommendations for what we should watch next... We know probably nobody is listening, and probably no one will send us recommendations, so we've got a list. Yep, I was going to say, we've lined it up (laughs) for when the radio silence comes in. (laughs) We've got ideas on the table that we'll share in the bonus episode, but if if you start listening and you want to jump in, you want to get part of this podcast, let us know. If you've been uh, thinking, you know what? I should do a good deed this week. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If you comment on our episode or email us or tweet at us, you will literally, like, the elation that will be born into this world from the two of us will be your good deeds forever. <laughs> we'll put you on a t-shirt. You'll Ye- be our literal day one fan. Yep. And we will... Uh, We'll send you a t-shirt, it will say bus stop girl on it, <laughs> and... You're our bus stop girl, you'll you are our happy, Yep. Or, you win I all mean, the awards. Like, if it really, if you really don't want to be a bus stop girl, I'm willing to put bus stop boy on that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope there's a bus stop boy award sometime in the future. Yep, we'll do the bus stop boy and girl it won't have anything to do with gender. We'll just see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but if we put just bus stop on it or like bus stop person, it just doesn't quite flow. So mm-hmm. like you get us. We'll we'll do custom t-shirts. Yeah. It'll be harder, but worth the effort. Yeah, I mean like let's collaborate, people. Person. <laughs> why are we Why are we going off on this tangent? I'm I so sorry. Know. Um, we've been doing it for about two on our minutes. website. <laughs> So anyway, if you, if you want that t-shirt, yeah, tweet at us. Uh, our, we're at play on K. Email at us. Email at us. <laughs> Email to us at playonkpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Or comment, comment on one of our episodes on the website. We're at playonk.com. <laughs> or on iTunes. Just the podcast Play on K. It's all pretty much just play on K. (laughs) Almost all just play on K. Just like Google play on K, you'll find us. We're the only ones. We're buried on like the fifth page somehow, even though we're the only play (laughs) on K. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get relevant someday. We're doing it. Um, Speaking of doing it. (laughs) Let's start off with that. (laughs) Thanks, James. Thanks, James, for our... Her theme song. James Hevel did our theme song, and he did a good job. He was really doing it when he did it. (laughs) He's still doing it. If you see him on a poster somewhere, go see his shows, because he's amazing. He is incredible, and he is an angel. (laughs) So look him up. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, have to we'll go. get off of here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Bye, for everyone. listening. Bye. Bye. Pop.